Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. Many well-intentioned business leaders don't know how to drive gender parity. You may not be sure how to begin the process of changing the nature of your workplace so that women have the same opportunities as men. Our guest on this episode of Talking Business Now is Rania Anderson, who has written a new book called We, Men, Women, and the Decisive Formula for Winning at Work. It's the first hands-on guide for managers to recruit, retain, and lead with women. In her book, Rania presents a process of driving gender parity and provides tangible insights for transforming and strengthening the way men and women work, lead, and succeed together. Rania is an international speaker, an executive coach, the founder of The Way Women Work, and the co-founder of the Women's Capital Connection, a women's angel investor network. Rania is also the author of Undeterred, the Six Success Habits of Women in Emerging Economies. Rania takes a different approach about how to achieve gender equity in the workplace. Take a listen. I decided that what we needed was a focus away from what not to do and a focus on what to do. It's only marginally helpful to know what we should stop doing and and a lot of people are addressing that. And here's Rania on why the approach that she takes lifts everyone in the workplace up, not just women. In my book, We, while the frame is around women, These are good management behaviors if you want to have an inclusive work environment that is successful. We'll start talking business now for this message from our sponsor, Interobank Solutions. Would you like to position your company as an industry thought leader? Increase engagement and build credibility with prospects and clients? Establish your influence as a trusted resource? Interobang Solutions offers full-service writing and publishing solutions that deliver your company's messages with a bang. You can count on us to provide turnkey solutions that support your existing marketing and communication staff or act as your full-service outsourced partner. Interobang Solutions, providing custom writing, editing, and publishing solutions. Call 913-676-7272 or visit www.interobanksolutions.com. That's 913-676-7272 or www.interobanksolutions.com. We're talking business now with Rania Anderson, the author of We, Men, Women, and the Decisive Formula for Winning at Work. In this episode of Talking Business Now, Rania will tell us how to build diverse, high-performing teams and equitable work environments. Welcome to the show, Rania. Hey, Kelly. It's great to be with you today. You've been doing some really important work, and it's especially timely in this Me Too era that we find ourselves in and that is getting so much needed attention at the moment. Much of the focus, though, around the Me Too is around telling men what not to do in the workplace. But in your book, 
we, men, women, and the decisive formula for winning at work, you take a different approach. Explain the approach you take and how it's different. I decided that what we needed was a focus away from what not to do and a focus on what to do. It's only marginally helpful to know what we should stop doing and and a lot of people are addressing that. But once we understand that, the more important question is how do we create a more inclusive environment where both men and women can succeed? And I was approached by many men, businessmen, CEOs of companies, executives, senior leaders, managers, literally all over the world asking me to give them some guidance on how to act in this environment. What could they be doing differently? How could they recruit and retain more women? What I heard from them was that they wanted to do better if they just knew how to be better. And so the focus of the book, We, really is on defining a behavioral framework for the actions to take. Sure. So we recognize there's an issue. Now what do we do about it? What kind of positive actions can we do? And one of the things that we tend to hear are stories about men who get it wrong, especially when we read the headlines about cases regarding sexual harassment. When you think that there's so much focus on that, uh, do you think that those tales are really representative of most of the men out there? And are we losing anything when that's the focus that we seem to take? I I think we are losing something. I think those incidents are definitely true. I do not believe that they uh, relate to the preponderance of men. And when we focus, our focus is on these really egregious incidents. I think we, we do two things, or it has two negative consequences. One is that if you're a man who's not behaving so horribly like Harvey Weinstein or Charlie Rose or Matt Lauer, you think you're doing fine, when in reality, you're not. And if you are, if all the focus is always on the negative, then how do you know how to emulate the positive? True. And so I don't think those examples, of course, we need to tell them. And at the same time, we need to shift the focus on giving men examples of what it looks like when men are doing it right. My career has been um, one where I've had the benefit of working with great male leaders who were good bosses, who put me into challenging assignments, who were my sponsor, who were my mentor, who uh, advocate for me uh, with other potential clients you know, later on in my career. So those are the types of stories that we need to tell. As you said earlier, you've done a lot of research on this topic, and there has been a lot of research on the business case for having more women at every level within organizations. Why is that balance, that gender balance, so important in companies? Well, the data shows us unequivocally that having more gender balance leads to higher levels of profitability, higher levels of return on equity, more innovation, more creativity, more inclusion, more belonging. We know that this new generation of workers really values 
inclusive work in environments and in fact will not come and work somewhere if they see that it is not an inclusive workplace. We saw what happened last week at Google, you know, this mass walkout where people feel like this is not okay. So this is a huge issue. And yet, Kelly, just knowing the business case is not changing behavior. Our awareness of the data, we've known this data now for a a while, isn't influencing people to change their behavior. And that's really why I wanted to do this. The work that I did and the research I did in in the book, We, which is to give people, okay, given this information, how do you go about acting differently? Let's talk now about something that I find very interesting in your book. And that is how having good relationships, good working relationships with women actually help men build their own careers. So often as women, we are told, told, oh, look at what the men do or figure out, you know, how, how they get things done. You're flipping this on your head and saying men can learn from women. Talk to us about that. Absolutely. So in, in, we both can learn from each other and we, you know, we're every single person is different, male or female, and yet we have some uh, behaviors that are more general to men or more general to women. In this new environment, again, thinking about this young workforce that is looking for a more cooperative, collaborative environment, I think that is something men learn from women. I also think that or have seen that specifically when men understand how to work more inclusively with women and have a more diverse team, they are recognized for their ability to put together that team, to identify high-performing talent, to be a strategic leader. One of my favorite stories, and it's one I tell regularly, but it, it's a great, a great example, is from uh, a man whose name is Paul, and he was a banker, and he was conducting, he ran his unit in the way that every other person in the job that he had ran the unit. And one day he noticed that a woman on his team was working in a very different way. And he asked her to come into his office and asked her some questions. And from that, those questions, he realized there was a completely different way they could service their clients. And they began to do so. That became the model for one of the largest banks in the country, actually Bank of America, for how these types of business units could work together. And Paul went on to become a senior vice president of the bank, and so did this woman. So their working together was not just, it wasn't done to advance her, and it doesn't wasn't done to advance them. It was done to advance the business, and the result was both of them got ahead. Yes, and that's a great uh, story to take a deeper dive into a framework that you lay out in your book. It's called We 4.0, and it is uh, you, you. You have four actions that managers and others can take that can pave the way for women and men to work equally, share leadership, and succeed together. Like in that great example that you just gave us. So describe that framework. What are the four key actions? Great. So the four actions are eliminate, expand, encourage, and engage. 
and going through them quickly. Eliminate is about eliminating behaviors in the workplace that preclude people from get, getting ahead. So we quickly think about sexism or sexual harassment or racism, stopping those behaviors and how you do it. And it's also about eliminating practices that inhibit people. For example, and we often don't think about things like this, if you're a boss who just randomly calls 7 a.m. meetings just because you feel like it, the chances are that you're going to adversely impact parents, primarily women, who have responsibilities in the morning to get their children to work. Now, if you have to have a 7 a.m. meeting because there's a crisis going on, absolutely. But it's not something that you should do regularly and think about the implications of that. So that's an example of eliminate. Expanding is really about looking how you, at how you source candidates, expanding the pool of candidates, how you word those job descriptions, what your role is, how often you interact with people not like you. So, for example, do you go to lunch every day with men and rarely ask the women in your office for feedback on decisions or client situations? What's the level of your interaction and how do you expand that? One of the most critical ways that we can expand that relationship is by being someone's sponsor or advocate or champion or ally, meaning really using our influence to put them in a position where they can uh, be more visible in advance. I heard you say uh, two things there. Uh, you talked about mentors and sponsors. What is the difference between having a mentor or a sponsor? Yeah, it's a big difference. So a mentor is someone who gives advice to someone else, usually in private. They would tell that them what to do. So if the person is saying, I'm having a hard time progressing at my company, what should I do? You would say, here's you know three things to think about. That's a mentor. A sponsor, on the other hand, talks about the person in public. So they would use their power and influence in the organization to say, we should give Kelly this assignment or Kelly is the person who can lead this project because she demonstrated these kinds of skills or if she had these kinds of results. And when there's resistance, like, oh, well, Kelly's rather junior and she's not done something of this scope before, the sponsor would say, I believe in Kelly. I think we should give her the chance. Here's the reason why I think she can be successful. Here's what she needs to be successful. I want to say one more thing about that, Kelly, because mm -hmm. it's really important. The sponsor is not doing that to get Kelly ahead, although that's a byproduct. The sponsor is doing that to move their organization and their business forward because they understand that having a diverse workforce creates more profitability, more innovation, et cetera. So I think we have to get out of this nomenclature or this framework that all these things we're talking about are designed to help women. I don't think women actually need help. Yeah. 
it's all about the big picture and that's it's kind of like um you know a rising tide lifts all boats if you're all working together the whole business will rise exactly yeah and it also sounds like too that an advocate or a sponsor as you call it a sponsor whether they're male or female puts a little bit of their own reputation at risk too because if that person doesn't fulfill the responsibility or the task or whatever it was that was given to them it's definitely taking the risk and that's what leaders take, right? Yes, they absolutely. they make calculated risks, and sometimes they sometimes it doesn't work out, and and uh, we have to figure out what we do about it and where it went wrong, and is this person should they get a different another opportunity, or did they not succeed because the organization uh, didn't give them the support and resources they needed to succeed. Very true. And so in that, that regard, it can open up, be eye-opening for some kind of a gap within the organization that needs corrected. Great point. So two more. Encourages around encouraging women in particular to apply for jobs and to raise their hand and to put themselves forward. Unfortunately, we still find that women do not apply for jobs where they meet uh, if they don't meet 80% of the qualifications, and men typically will apply for a job where they meet 50 to 60% of their qualifications. Yes. So we assume that women are not ambitious and they don't want those jobs when re- in reality they do. And so they need some encouragement. And there are lots of ways we can do that. And then lastly, it's around how we engage as a leader in this whole uh, drive for for equality and inclusiveness in our workplace. Kelly, you know this very well. If we have a business imperative like driving sales or customer sa- service or safety, as a manager and leader, we're actively engaged in doing that on a daily basis. We don't just look at our sales results, you know, once a year. We're thinking about them every day. And it's the same in this regard, if we believe that diversity and inclusion are a business imperative and a business competitive advantage, then we have to engage in it as a manager and leader every day. You know, you talked a little bit uh, about women uh, being, you know, recruiting and retaining women and uh, that not just to assume that women aren't ambitious, yet there's a lot of leaders out there who think that they're doing everything that they can to recruit and retain women. And yet, when you look around, there's still an, um, an imbalance when it comes to gender. So what is your advice for recruiting and retaining for those people? What I find, Kelly, is that even the companies who think they're doing so much to recruit and retain are actually missing a lot of things. I'll, I'll give an example. So I was recently meeting with a group of recruiters and they're challenged by hiring more women. They happen to be in in the STEM field and they felt like they were doing everything they could do. And yet when we actually looked at the job descriptions that they wrote, the ads, first of all, we looked at where were those ads being placed and they were not being placed in, in, on job boards that specifically target minority or female candidates to the way the jobs ads were worded was not 
really appealing to women. It's not really appealing to women. So, for example, if you use highly competitive, aggressive, you know, words that women, you know, crush the competition typically are not drawn to, you're automatically, you know, women are self-selecting out of those kinds of jobs. So there's a lot more we can do to position ourselves so applicants will be interested in our roles. And then, and and I'll keep with the STEM STEM information because I think a lot of your listeners that and companies are, that's something we're really challenged by is how do we get more women in STEM? The data shows us that after 10 years in a STEM career, 50% of women will leave the industry. So we're actually doing a better job recruiting them, but at the environment that we have uh, for these women to work in is not one where they want to stay in. And so that gets to the retention issues. One of the frustrations throughout my career that I have heard other women business owners and just women executives talk about is the frustration of being in a meeting and all the guys are talking and you have an idea or you're trying to add to the conversation and you get talked over or worse, some guy picks up your idea and takes it as their own and and then you everybody walks out of the meeting you said it but somebody else is now running with your idea uh, so how do you respond to that yeah so Kelly that's the probably the number one thing that women ask me about and and it's uh, you know one of those reasons women get frustrated right it's death by a thousand cuts and mm-hmm. then they decide to leave and so in the encourage part of the book I talk about specifically what do you do in a meeting when that happens? A woman can do this for another woman. A man can do this. And we should do this not just for women, right, but for introverts, for more quiet people, for younger people, right? Right. If you hear someone's trying to say something and they're not, you should observe that and say, hold on, Kelly, I think you're trying to say something. Or if Kelly gets interrupted, we would say to Joe, Joe, just a second, Kelly wasn't finished. Or if we couldn't stop Joe and he continued talking, we would say to Joe, hey, Joe, um, thanks for that. Uh, Kelly, I don't think you were finished making your point. Let's go back to you. Mm-hmm. And when Joe steals Kelly's idea, we would say to Joe, Joe, thanks for bringing that up. That's exactly the point Kelly made a few minutes ago. So These are really simple behaviors that we can all be accountable to each other to not allow to happen. My favorite story on this topic, if I have a second to share it, I I just love this story. I heard Indra Nui tell this, and she talked about this uh, issue happening to her even when she was really senior at Pepsi, so before she became the CEO. And she got so tired of it that one day she just couldn't take it anymore. And she said to the the then CEO of the company, "Um, just hold on a second. I have something that I want to say. I'm going to tell John. John's going to tell the rest of you. And then you guys will know that I said this. (laughs) 
<laughs> and obviously that was the last time that happened. She made her point. <laughs> she yeah. made her point. No so. question. I can't let you get away without talking about one other thing in your book. As I said, there are so many. We're only scratching the surface here. But one that I'd really like for you to talk about is standard performance reviews and how they can disadvantage women. Why do you think that and what is your solution for it? So most companies, not all, but most companies do performance reviews in this way. They ask employees to self-rate and then the employee gives that halfway filled out or 80% filled out review to their manager and the manager completes the review. When we do that, we know that women are harder on themselves and evaluate themselves more uh, strenuously than their male colleagues do. So they underestimate their accomplishments. They don't like to put themselves out or boast. And so they, they, what, they rate themselves lower. And even if the manager recognizes that and starts to build the review up, it never quite catches mm-hmm. up. By the way, this is also a factor for people who come from cultures where self-promotion is not something that is admired or encouraged. It also is a difficult thing for young people because they don't know that they should, you know, say all these great things about themselves. So this doing performance reviews in this way disadvantages women, but it also disadvantages lots of other people. And it's, that's the case for many of these actions, Kelly, in the book, in my book, We. While the frame is around women, these are good management behaviors if you want to have an inclusive work environment that is successful. Yeah, they apply to everybody. And yes. uh, and uh, again, the, the diversity of thought that you get and, and being able to encourage, as you said, not just women, but introverts or, or people who, who may not speak up as much in your earlier example, all of this ties into giving everybody the opportunity to share their knowledge and experience in order to raise the whole company up. Some of the things that your book contains that you haven't really touched on is the more practical side of it. Besides the um, the commentary, every chapter includes checklists and, and other things that you can put to work right away. Could you describe some of those tools? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. So because I'm an executive coach, the the behaviors that I outline are literally giving people lots of ideas on what they can say and do. And then, as you mentioned, I have these checklists where you can measure yourself against, you know, am I doing this? How often am I doing this? How am I doing this? And then there's also guides where you're going into a performance review discussion or you're going into a meeting and you can quickly turn to that page and you'll see some quick reminders like, here are things I could say if women in my team don't speak up or get interrupted and remind yourself that these are some quick actions to take. And then you've also got some great examples from real-life case scenarios that people can take a look at and see what they did in those circumstances. Yes, thank you. It, it's For me, it's all about We've been telling women for a long time to lean in. And this, my book, is about what 
we, the rest of the people at the table, are doing when the woman is leaning in. So while women are leaning in and trying to be advance themselves and be more assertive or more confident or speak up, we, sitting with them, men or women sitting at that same table, also have a responsibility for some action. And those are, the that's the WE 4.0. We have a responsibility to remove barriers, to change the way we interact, to encourage performance. And so it's, it's not putting the burden. We, for too long, I think, we've put all the burden for advancement of women on the shoulders of women. And I'm redistributing that to be all of our responsibility. And all of us win then. The, yes, everybody, absolutely. And the company as well. You know, there's there's just so much information in your book, as I've said a few times. We can't get through it all today. But for those who would like to get a copy of your book, where's the best way for them to do that? Amazon is always the easiest way, I think. And, and uh, you can walk into any of your booksellers and find it there. Again, the title is We, Men, Women, and the Decisive Formula for Winning at Work. And um, it's available also as an ebook, and will soon be available as an audio book. You have mentioned that you have done a lot of research and that you are a coach. You work with people all over the world. What is your website for people who might be interested in finding out more about you, Rania? It's thewaywomenwork.com. And thanks for bringing that up, Kelly. There's there are a lot of articles on the on the site with more tips than are in the book and different examples and ideas for things that you could try out in your own company. Rania, thanks so much for being on the show today. Don't forget, go out and look for We, Men, Women, and the Decisive Formula for Winning at Work and check out Rania's website, The Way Women Work. It's .com. It's full of articles and all kinds of information that really can help you grow your business. We appreciate the support of our sponsor, Interrobang Solutions, providing writing, editing, and publishing services. Give them a call at 913-676-7272 or visit interrobangsolutions.com. And thank you for tuning in today. Please be sure to join us for the next episode of Talking Business Now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.